Is everyone enjoying the warm weather? Real quick before I get started, um, going back to the announcements, Adam announced that I believe it's February 27th, 27th, which is two weeks from today. Uh, I'm January 27th. I'm sorry. Thank you. Uh, Tim Taylor will be here. Now, I'm guessing there's probably a lot of you that may not know Tim Taylor uh, and his wife, Rhonda. They are awesome people, missionaries. Um, I believe, I could be wrong, but I believe Tim and his wife may be in Bolivia right now. Um, he said, the last I knew, that's where they were. Tim and his wife and his, actually his family have given themselves to missions. They are awesome people. If you've never had a chance to stop and talk with Tim or his wife, when, when they get here after the service, stop and chat with them. He is a great guy. He is, he's the real deal. He's awesome guy to talk to, such awesome perspectives, and he loves the Lord. Him and his wife just love the Lord, and they're, they're great people. So I encourage you to come and listen to him, and if you can, stop and chat with him. He's a great guy, so can't wait to hear what he has to say. Other than that, good morning. Uh, I know over the next few weeks, um, you might be stuck with option B. Uh, pastor's not here. Uh, him and my mom are enjoying themselves in, ta in California with my brother, taking a little bit of a break. So you got option B for the next few weeks. But I'm going to ask that you still remain faithful to the church that God has called you, called you to. Amen. Turn in your Bibles to Romans chapter 12, verse 3. I believe the Lord has really spoke this to me. I was praying. I can't remember if it was last Saturday morning. I had some time alone, and I was praying and seeking the Lord and truly asking him, what does he have for me to speak? And he just dropped something so small and tiny into my mind, and so grateful for that. And I'll take it and run with it, Lord. Romans chapter 12, verse 3 says, for I say, through the grace given unto me to every man that is among you, not to think of himself more highly than he ought to think, but to think soberly. Now listen, according as God has dealt to every man the measure of faith. Let's pray, church. Father God, we thank you for this morning, Lord God. We are glad to be in your house this morning, Lord. There's no other place we'd rather be but in your house, worshiping you, Lord God. And Lord, we just pray, Lord, that you would receive all glory and all honor, Lord God. Lord, we thank you for coming and visiting us already in our worship time, Father God. Lord, we pray that you received all glory and honor from that, Lord. And we pray that you receive the same out of this word this morning. Father God, let this word be nourishment to our spiritual bodies this morning, we pray, Lord. In Jesus' name, amen. You may be seated. Now, I got to start out slow because I want to establish the fact that God has given to every man a measure of faith. Maybe this person over here got a whole big old pile of faith from God. Maybe this person over there just got a little bit of faith from God. But God has given to everyone a certain measure of faith. <clears throat> it says so just in the opening text we read, according as God has dealt to every man the measure of faith. He didn't forget you. He didn't forget to give you any. He gave you some, maybe it's a little less than this guy over here, but he gave you a certain measure of faith. We're going to establish that this morning. He gave you different giftings. He gave you different talents. He gave you different talents than this guy, different talents than that guy, but he gave you a certain talent, a certain gift, a certain measure of faith. 
Now, let's look at the parable of the sower. It's found in Matthew chapter 13. If you want to want to turn to Matthew chapter 13. Now, I'm not going to read word for word everything in the parable of the sower because we're just going to get to one important part. But if you remember in the parable of the sower, the good seed or the sower went forth to sow and he was sprinkling out the good seed. And remember, some of it falls by the wayside and the, the fowls of the air come and devour that seed. Then he continues to sow and some falls in the stony places and it, it grows up, but it takes no root. So the sun comes out and burns it and that seed dies as well. <clears throat> then some fell among the thorns. Remember the parable of the sower. The sower's sowing. Some falls into thorns and grows up with those thorns and gets choked, and the Bible says becomes unfruitful. But forget about all that stuff. That, those are the seeds that died. We want to look at the good seed. What actually happened to the good seed when the sower went forth to sow? Let's pick up Matthew chapter 13, verse 8 says, But others fell into good ground and brought forth fruit. Some in hundredfold, some sixty, and some thirtyfold. Now, if you skip down to verse 23, now this is later on in the chapter. Jesus has actually explained to his disciples what he meant. He's breaking down the meaning of this parable. He says in verse 23, talking about that good seed that actually took root. But he that receives seed into the good ground is he that heareth the word and understands it, which also beareth fruit and bring forth some in hundred, some sixty, and some thirty. Now see here that the Bible says the good seed fell on some people, brought forth a hundredfold. This guy over here, the good seed fell and brought forth sixtyfold. This guy over here brought forth thirtyfold. But they're all bringing forth fruit, some maybe a little more than others. But that's just the way God made it. God has dealt to each person a different measure of faith. This guy over here might add all kinds of faith, and God gave him abundant faith, big faith to do great things, and he brought forth a hundredfold. Now, this guy over here, he might not have got so much faith, just a smaller amount, but he still brought forth thirtyfold or thirty times the seed he was given he brought forth in fruit. Just different measures of faith God hand dealt out to all of us. Amen? We see that because of God's good will, God's good pleasure, don't actually know why. He gave this guy that much and that guy that don't know why. It's not even really worth trying to figure out. That's just the way it is. That's the way God made it. He dealt different amounts of faith to different individuals. Now, let's continue establishing the fact that God has given us different amounts of faith. When we look at the parable of the talents, turn in your Bible to Matthew chapter 25. We'll start in verse 14, and I'll get to my point here shortly. You might think, why are you telling us that? We know this stuff. We'll get to my point. The parable of the talents, another good parable of the Lord. The Bible says, For the kingdom of heaven is as a man tra traveling into a far country, who called his own servants and delivered unto them his goods. And unto one he gave five talents, to another two, and to another one. To every man according to his several ability, and straightway took his journey. Then he that had received the five talents went and traded with the same, and made them five other talents. And likewise he that had received two, he also gained other two. But he that received one went and digged in the earth, and hid his Lord's money. After a long time the Lord of those servants come and reckoned with them. And so he that had received five talents came and brought five more talents, saying, Lord, you delivered unto me five talents. Behold, I have gained beside them five more. 
His Lord said unto him, Well done, thy good and faithful servant. Thou hast been faithful over a few things. I will make thee now ruler over many things. Enter into the joy of the Lord. He also that received two talents came and said, Lord, thou deliverest unto me two talents. Behold, I have gained two other talents beside them. His Lord said unto him, Well done, good and faithful servant. Thou hast been faithful over a few things. I will make thee ruler over many things. Enter thou into the joy of the Lord. Then he which had received the one talent came and said, Lord, I knew that thou art an hard man, reaping where thou hast not sown and gathering where thou hast not strawed. I was afraid and went and hid thy talent in the earth. Lo, here thou hast, that is thine. His Lord answered and said unto him, Thou wicked and slothful servant, thou knewest that I reap where I sow not and gathered where I have not strawed. Thou ought therefore to have put my money to the exchangers, and then at my coming I should have received my own with usury. Take therefore the talent from him, and give it unto him which hath ten talents. Verse 29, For unto every one that hath shall be given, and to he that then he shall have abundance. But from him that hath not shall be taken away even that which he hath. Verse 30, And cast ye the unprofitable servant into outer darkness, where there shall be weeping and gnashing of teeth. Now this is an awesome parable and we see that the Lord for some reason we don't know why he just gave this guy over here five talents. He gave this guy over here two talents. He gave this guy over here one talent. Now what I think is pretty awesome is the guy with five talents. He got all these talents and abilities and and giftings from God. He went out and made five more. So pretty much he gave 10 talents back to the Lord. When he died or judgment day, however you want to look at it, when the Lord came back, he said, "Lord, you gave me five. Lo, here's five more. This this is what I did with the measure of faith that you gave me, Lord. I, I took what you gave me. You abundantly gave me the most out of all these people. And man, I was able to do this, Lord. He bring he presented that to the Lord. What's the Lord say to him? Well done, thy good and faithful servant. You've been faithful over a few things. Now I'll make you ruler over many things. Enter into the joy of the Lord. And you look at the second guy. And this is pretty cool as well. Second guy, he didn't get as much talent and gifting as that guy over there. But what did he do? He went out and traded and used what he had. He used only the couple talents, only the couple giftings that God gave him. Not nearly as that much over there, but he didn't worry about that guy over there. He worried about what he was given, what God dealt him. Lord, you gave me two, but I'll tell you what, I'm going to take that two and I'm going to do my best with it. Bible says his master came back to reckon with him, and there he was. God, Lord, you gave me two. Lo, I used them, God, and here's what I got. I got two more with my life. Well, I used everything you gave me. I'm going to give you two back, Lord. Here's four of them. You gave me two. Now I got four. What's, no, here's what is interesting. The first guy who returns five more back, the second guy only gives two. But what does the Lord say? The Lord actually says word for word verbatim the same thing as he said to the guy that made big old pie well five of them he says well done thy good and faithful servant thou hast been faithful over few things now i'll make you ruler over many enter into the joy of the lord and he got to come into heaven the same reward as this guy who over here who was given great faith big amounts more than way more way more than the people over there and did all kinds of stuff this guy over here was only given two less than half as much Still got the same reward. Come on into heaven. Well done, thy good and faithful servant. Now we got the guy that was only given one. Bible says he was afraid. Only given one. And that guy, I didn't get as much talent as those guys. I only got one. More or less, you know what that guy did? He took what God gave him and preserved it unto himself. 
He took it and hid it because he was afraid. He kept it to himself, didn't use his talent, didn't use his one gifting. Now, sure, I can't argue with the fact he didn't get nearly what the guy over there did. Neither, neither. He got, the guy in the middle got twice as much as he did, let alone the guy that got five, five times the amount that he did. But I tell you what, you know what? God expects, even if you are given just one tiny little talent, not gifted like the, the pastor is. Last, how many were you here last Sunday morning? I told my dad, man, that was just an epic message of yours. You know, I, that was awesome. I just was sitting on the edge of my seat. That is great stuff. You know, and I told him I really appreciated it, preaching an epic message. Then he throws the ball in my court, and he's off in California. So I didn't really like that much. But I'll tell you what, you look at the pastor and all the giftings and the talents he has. And if you only have one tiny little talent, you look at all those people that are doing great works of God and get discouraged, and then you end up keeping that talent to yourself and you don't use it, what's the Bible says? Thou wicked and unprofitable servant, take him and cast him in outer darkness where there's weeping and gnashing of teeth. We cannot argue he was not given nearly enough as this guy over here. He wasn't. That's just the way the cards fell. That's the way God's goodwill, good pleasure saw fit. If that's you, you only have one talent this morning, I'm sorry, but that's just the way God made it. That is the way God made it. He still expects a prophet, even if he only gave you a little measure of faith. Even if your faith isn't a great big amount, he still expects you to do something with the little amount he gave you. <clears throat> Each were given a different amount of faith. God is just as happy with the 100-fold as he is with the 30-fold. Amen? He wants to see fruit being bared in our lives. So what's the point? We've established the fact that God has given us different measures of faith. Why am I telling you this? Because I'm asking you, what are you doing with the measure of faith that God has given you? Be it a great big giant amount that he placed on you? Did he give you a big giant amount of faith to do great works? Be a missionary, a pastor, or whatever to do these great things? Or maybe he just gave you a little amount. Doesn't necessarily matter, does it? What are you actually doing with it? What are you doing with your five talents, your two talents, or your one talent? With your skill set that God gave you, with your abilities? What are you doing for the kingdom of God with the measure of faith that he gave to you? <clears throat> however little of an amount, however big of an amount, what are you doing with it? Are you out in the world using that talent to glorify your God? Are you out in the world trading with the same? That's what the guys with five and two talents, they were out using what they were given. Are you putting it to work? Are you investing in that faith God gave you? Are you learning? Are you growing? Are you bearing fruit? Hath God given you five talents? Hath God given you two? Or maybe you're just the person that got one. Guess what? God still expects fruit from you. <clears throat> you might only ever produce at your best. Your best, you might only ever produce 30-fold. And you see this guy over here producing 100-fold. Bible says to compare yourselves amongst yourselves is unwise. <clears throat> 
You know, the Bible says in John 15, verse 8, it says, Herein is my Father glorified that ye bear much fruit, so shall ye be my disciples. The Bible says this is how you glorify God, that you bear fruit. How many of you know that is our purpose in life? That, that actually is the reason why we are here. That's the reason why God saved us, is to bear fruit. Why? To glorify God in heaven, to glorify our Father. That's my purpose in life. That's your purpose in life, is to bring glory to God. Our purpose is not to amass wealth. Our purpose is not to be the best sports player. That is not it. It is to bear much fruit, to bring glory to God, our Father. That's why we're here. Even if you only got this little bitty amount of faith, your purpose is to still glorify God with that little bit amount of faith that he gave you. Amen? That is why we are here. That's the whole point in life is to glorify God. It is not to be famous. It's not to get your face up on the big screens. That is not it. It is to bear fruit for God. Bearing fruit, I mean witnessing your faith, sharing your faith, singing for God, teaching our babies for God, jail ministry, hospital ministry, whatever it is, that's that's bearing fruit. Finding our purpose and being faithful to it. I believe God has given us individuals a purpose, and it coincides with that measure of faith. If he gives you a lot of faith, he's got a purpose for you. If he gives you a little bit of faith, he has a purpose for you. It's your job to find out what it is and be faithful to it your whole rest of your life. Bearing fruit to God. Herein is my Father glorified that ye bear much fruit, so shall ye be my disciples. Now my clock is broke, I believe. So I'll just try to wing it. Time will be what it is. Cards will fall however they fall. Bearing fruit. Maybe you only received one talent from God. Maybe you'll never stand before hundreds and thousands and preach the word of God. Maybe, just maybe, maybe you're just a little pinky toe in the body of Christ. Maybe that's all you're, that seemingly insignificant little pinky toe. You don't get to be a cool bicep in the kingdom of God. You don't get to be a big old peck muscle in the body of Christ. You know, something cool, a big femur, hard leg bone. You don't get to be that. You're just a little pinky toe. i tell you what, this is years ago. I believe I was either a freshman or a sophomore in high school. And uh, it was a Saturday, and I know my mom and dad were out of town. And I woke up, my bedroom was in the basement, and I got up. We actually, it was over on Brighton Boulevard, and uh, to I was going to go up and get me a bowl of cereal, or six bowls of cereal. I was a teenager, so the way our house was is you had to go up a flight of steps from the basement, and it well, led to a landing, and then you had to go up another short flight of steps, and it led to the kitchen. Well, you know, my mom, ever the decorator, had a big oak chest on that flight, on that landing there. And I was kind of groggy, got up, probably rolled out of bed at noon or so, I don't know, and was kind of groggy. And I got up to that that landing there, and I went to turn a corner and kicked my toe on that wooden crate, 
and it folded me up right on the spot because it actually cut my toe pretty bad too. It was bleeding real bad. And, uh, ended up having to go to the hospital and doctor took x-rays of it and broken toe. And you know which toe it was? It was that little pinky toe. And I tell you what, maybe you do think you're the insignificant. Maybe you are the seemingly insignificant pinky toe in the body of Christ. You weren't given these great, awesome abilities. But I tell you what, breaking my pinky toe folded me up right on the spot. And guess what? I remember sitting on the sidelines. I had to get on crutches, I think, for two or three weeks, maybe. Can't remember exactly. But I remember sitting on the sidelines in my neighborhood on my crutches, watching all my buddies play basketball, having to hobble up. Just because that tiny little pinky toe was broke, I missed out on three weeks of my summer all cobbled up because of that seemingly insignificant little pinky toe. It threw off my balance. I couldn't run. I could barely walk without those crutches. It gimped me up for three weeks. I'm telling you what, there is nothing insignificant in the kingdom of God. Every, everything works together. It all works together. Everything jives. Maybe that is what you are, little pinky toe. Maybe you don't get to be something so great, big, and giant. Maybe you were only given this little, tiny talent, only one. And guys over there were given five and five times the amount as you. This is all I was given. I tell you what, whatever you were given, use it for the glory of God. Yes, that hurts, loving my toe. I still remember it. Ephesians chapter 4. Ephesians chapter 4, verse 11 says, Now, I'm going to start getting rough on you from here on out. I warned you. And he gave some, Ephesians chapter 4, verse 11, and he gave some apostles and some prophets and some evangelists and some pastors and teachers, all for the perfecting of the saints, for the work of the ministry, for the edifying of the body of Christ, till we all come in the unity of faith and the knowledge of the Son of God unto a perfect man, unto the measure of the stature of the fullness of Christ, that we henceforth be no more children tossed to and fro, carried about with every wind of doctrine by the slight of men and cunning craftiness whereby they lie in wait to deceive. But speaking the truth in love may grow up into him in all things, which is the head, even Christ. Now listen, verse 16, for whom the whole body fitly joined together and compacted by that which every joint supplieth according to the effectual working in the measure of every part, maketh increase of the body unto the edifying of itself in love. About midway through verse 16, the Bible says, which every joint supplieth. I can't stress that enough to you this morning, church. Every joint supplieth. You understand that? The Bible says every joint supplies each and every one of us supplies something to the body of Christ. Whether you've been given five talents or one talent, you still supply. Bible says every joint supplieth. God did not forget to qualify you for something. He did not. He did not forget. Now your part not, might not be as grand as this part over here, but he still qualified you for something, and you'd better be faithful to it, whatever it may be. God did not forget to give you any talents. You're not going to walk into the kingdom of heaven to be judged by God and him say, 
so-and-so, I'm sorry, I forgot to give you any talents. My bad. Maybe we need to do a do of No way. He's going to know exactly, I gave you this. What did you do with it? Mm. The New Living Translation, where the Bible says in verse 16, where it says every joint supplieth, New Living Translation says each part does its own special work. Do you understand that your stuff you can do that no one else can do? There's stuff that God wants you to do that no one else has the ability to do. Each person contributes their own special work in the kingdom of God, in the body of Christ. Find out what it is and be faithful to it. Do it with all thy doing. Everything within you. Whether it's to bring forth 30-fold or 100-fold or 60-fold, do it. Every joint supplieth. Every joint supplieth. Every person is supposed to be an active, contributing member in the body of Christ. Amen? An active, contributing member in the body of Christ. Remember the lad when Jesus fed to 5,000? He gave all that he had. Hey, I've got five loaves of barley and two fishes, but you can have it. But that's all I have. What do you think he was thinking when he saw 5,000 pieces? He might have thought, I got this, but there's no way. It wouldn't even make a dent in the 5,000. He didn't think on that stuff. He let God do the thinking. He just said, hey, here's what I have. This is all I've been given. I wasn't given 5,000 loaves of barley and 5,000 fishes. I was only given this amount, but you can sure have it and use it. And by God's grace, it was sufficient for the 5,000. Give what you have. Now, I told you I was going to get hard on you, and I'm going to. I do love New Hope Church, and when I say New Hope Church, I don't necessarily mean this building, though I do believe this is a beautiful building and pretty awesome facilities we have. When I say I love New Hope Church, I mean the people in it. Now, saying this in love, I'm going to make this statement. I do see a lot of people in this church who are content to bury the talents that God gave them. You can throw stones at me with you want, but I see it. I preach with the authority of this pulpit, and I tell you, there are people who are content, who are afraid that God gave them a talent, they're taking it, and they're burying it. Burying the awesome talent that God gave that person. Whatever that measure of faith is, burying it, hiding it. And when the Lord returns, the Lord didn't give you what he gave you so you could keep it and look at it and hide it. And just give that one thing back to God. No way. He gave it to you to use, to bear fruit, to glorify him. That's how he is glorified, that ye bear much fruit. So shall ye be my disciples, the Bible says. Burying the talent, burying the measure of faith that God has dealt you. Burying awesome individuals, individuals with talents handcrafted by God to be used in his kingdom. Burying them. Burying them. And it's a shame. I'm going to repeat something that the pastor said last Sunday. I'm thinking he may have said it Sunday night. He actually said, quit just coming to church. You remember when he said that? He said, quit just coming to church. 
what I'm talking about? Get into the kingdom of God, roll up your sleeves, and get your hands dirty. Do not just come to church. Do not just be a church attendee. Come, find your purpose. Seek the Lord. Lord, what have you given to me? What do you want me to do? What is the work you have gave me? What is my purpose, God, in your kingdom? You know, the Bible says that the more you save your life, the more you keep hold of your life, you'll lose it. And the Bible says, on the other hand, he that gives it away, who loses his life, that person will save it. Amen? If you give your life away for Christ, for the kingdom of God, you give it all away, your time, your effort, your energy, your abilities, your talent, one talent or five talent, whatever it is, if you give that away, you'll find life, the Bible says. And that I found that to be true in my own life. It is true. It is the word of God. Give your life away for the name of Christ and you'll find life. Mm. What if God, let me throw a scenario at you. What if God has you answer a series of questions when you're standing before him? What if he says, so-and-so, did you feed the hungry? Did you clothe the poor? So-and-so, did you give drink to the thirsty? Did you visit the sick? You know, I'm asking you right here. Did you visit those that were in jail? What are you going to tell them? What are you going to tell them if he asks you that stuff? The Bible says you're going to give an account to God for the deeds you did. You're going to give an account. I hear people say, oh, brother, I'm just going to get there and plead the blood of Jesus and say I love Jesus. How are you going to tell him you love Jesus so much when Jesus said, hey, when you did those things to the least, when you did those things not to the least of these, my brethren, you didn't do them to me. How are you going to say, I plead the blood of Jesus. I love Jesus. But yet you didn't feed the hungry. You didn't clothe the poor. Bible says you don't do it to them. You're not doing it to me. Bible says, if you did do it to them, to the least of these, my brethren, you were doing it unto me. Oh, but I love Jesus. Oh, I love Jesus. How can you love him and not be involved in the kingdom of God? That doesn't jive. Matter of fact, it's not scriptural. You've done those things to the least of these, my brethren, you've done them unto me. You're feeding the hungry clothing the naked, visiting those in jail, whatever it is, you're doing them unto Christ. You understand that? The person you're helping might look like a total dirt bag, unclean, smelly, but you're doing them to Christ. You understand that? Do not just come to church. Do not just be a church attendee. Do not. We are fearfully and wonderfully made. And I can see God up in heaven molding each one of us for a specific reason, for a specific purpose. Well, I'm making this person here. I'm making this person just to be the little pinky toe in the body of Christ. God is making, maybe he made that. Maybe that's all you'll ever be. Nothing greater. But God will say to you, if you're faithful, little pinky toe, well done, thy good and faithful servant. You have been faithful over a few things. Now I'll make you ruler over many. Enter into the joy of the Lord. He'll say the same thing to that big old pectoral muscle or that big bicep or that big bone that was real strong and seemed way bigger and had a lot more faith. He'll say the same thing to them that he says to that little insignificant part. If you're faithful over the talent he gave you. 
Lord, all I have is five loaves and two fishes. That's all I got. That's all I was given. But here you go. Do not bury. Do not keep to yourself what God has given you. Do not. The Bible says to be a doer of the word, not just a hearer only, deceiving your own self. Well, that's a pretty awesome scripture. If you actually think about it a little bit, hearing the word is a good thing. That's the first step. The second step is to be a doer of the word, because how can you do it if you haven't heard it? The Bible says be a doer of the word, not hear. If you hear only, all you do is come to church and you hear, you deceive yourself. You have deceived yourself. Be a hearer of the word and a doer of the word. Look up in your own Bible. If you don't believe me, look up in your own Bible what it says to, to do what the Lord does with salt that's lost its savor. Look it up. Matthew 25, verse 30 says, And cast ye the unprofitable servant into outer darkness. There shall be weeping and gnashing of teeth. Little pinky toe. Are you looking at the pectoral muscle and the bicep and the femur, all those big major parts, thinking, man, I ain't like them. I'm just going to keep to myself. God's going to say, and what? You're unprofitable. I cast you into outer darkness where there's weeping and gnashing of teeth. I don't want to go into outer darkness. Mm -mm. Tell you what, God expects fruit from our lives. He expects fruit. He does. We will give an account to God. The Bible says in Romans chapter 14, verse 12, so then every one of us shall give an account of himself to God. We're going to stand before God, and he's going to say, hey, when I was fearfully and wonderfully making you, I gave you two talents. Give an account. So-and-so, when I made you, I remember... I remember specifically making you, I gave you five talents. What did you do? This guy over here, you come before the Lord. I remember making you, I only gave you one talent. What'd you do with it? Bible says, so then every one of us shall give an account of himself to God. You will stand before God. I will stand before God. He'll say, Jason, I gave you X amount of talents. What did you do? What are you going to tell God? What if he says to you, I saw fit to give you only one talent. What'd you do with it? <clears throat> are you going to tell him you were afraid? Are you going to say, I was afraid. I was afraid to get made fun of. I was afraid to fail. I was afraid it wasn't enough. Hey, lo, here you have what is yours. The Bible says, cast ye the unprofitable servant into outer darkness, where thou shalt be weeping and gnashing of teeth. Lord, I buried it. Are you going to tell him that? Lord, I took what you gave me and I buried it. I didn't want to lose it. I didn't want anything to happen to it. I was too afraid to, to make risks with it. Too afraid to invest it and lose it. I was afraid. So I buried it. Here you have what is yours. Cast ye the unprofitable servant in outer darkness, where there should be weeping and gnashing of teeth, the Bible says. What if it is you that was just given that one talent? God says, what did you do with it? Said, Lord, I wasn't given much in my life. I couldn't hardly walk and chew gum at the same time. But I'll tell you what, I love those babies. And I taught the junior church for 30 years. I taught those babies. Or I, I did this or that, or I swept the church parking lot or made sure it was. God, God might say to you, 
Hey, this guy over here preached and saved 5,000 people. All you did was taught babies who you don't even know if they're understanding because they're crying all the time. God might say, well done, my good and faithful servant. You've been faithful over a few things. Now I'll make you ruler over many. Enter thou into the joy of the Lord. God doesn't look at things the way we do. We think the, the guy that stands before 5,000 and gets millions of people saved and has a huge ministry, we think, man, that guy, he's got such awesome faith. Man, God says, hey, 30-fold, 60-fold, and 100-fold. I'm happy. Just bear fruit for me. That's how you glorify me. Now, I'm going to start bringing this to a close here shortly. Now, I'm going to bring up a sore subject. Everyone gets all bummed out. You know, we all kind of get mad when you, you talk about the, the welfare system you know, that our government has in place. Everyone gets all bummed out because there's lots of people that abuse it. I'll tell you what, if you go to where I work and you say that word, man, you get shot. You'll, you'll hear people angry and mad because it is abused nowadays, amen? It, it gets abused and the working man kind of gets tired of bearing the lazy guy on his back and we all get mad about that because we work hard and now we're all bummed out because our social security taxes just rose, I think, 2%. And our paychecks went down. Um, and we've got people drawing social security that's never paid into it. You know, we get all bummed out about that stuff. But I say to you, be careful that you're not the very thing that you can't stand in the kingdom of God. You think, about, what do you mean? Well, you get saved, and then you get this mentality of entitlement. I'm entitled to love, joy, peace, mercy. I want the blessing of God. I want the favor of God. I want all this good stuff, but yet I don't want to do any work. I don't want to put in my time. I want all that good stuff. I want entitled to all the good stuff, but I, I, I don't want to do that work. Man, let that dude watch babies. Let that dude mop the, the foyer. Let that guy over there fix the... Whatever, let the, let that let the band do the, their thing. They can do their thing. I, eh, I'll just be happy with coming to church. Now be careful. You're on thin ice. Bible says, "Cast ye the unprofitable servant into outer darkness." God's welfare system is a little bit different than Uncle Sam's welfare system. <clears throat> you don't believe me? Get in your Bible. Uh, get in your Bible and look up the word "if." If is a condition. The, the Bible is a conditional book. Look it up. If. Tiny little words. See where it comes up. I'll read a couple of them to you. John 15 verse 14 says, and this is Jesus. Ye are my friends. If ye do whatsoever I command you. That's a condition. You're Jesus' friend. If you do what he commands. <clears throat> What's he command? And go ye therefore into all the world and proclaim the gospel. John 8, verse 31 says, Then said Jesus to those Jews which believed on him, If ye continue in my word, then are ye my disciples indeed. If you continue in his word, then you're his disciples indeed. And ye shall know the truth, and the truth shall make you free. Amen? God's system is a little bit different than our system is down here. We're entitled to the promises of God if ye abide in him, if ye obey his commands, if ye continue in his word, and you continue in his word, he's telling you, hey, feed the hungry, clothe the naked, visit those in jail, visit those that are sick, give drink to those that are thirsty, because you do that to them, 
The least of these, my brethren, you're doing them unto me. Those are the commands of God. And God says, ye are my friends if you do whatever I command. That's how we get entitled to the goodness of God, if we do what he commands. I'm going to bring this to a close now. Not real sure what time it is, but I want to leave you with this. Remember, every joint supplies. Every joint in the kingdom of God supplies. Little Mr. Pinky Toe, if you're out there, Mrs. Pinky Toe, if you're out there, try breaking your toe one day. You'll see what I mean. It'll gimp the whole entire body up. If that little insignificant pinky toe gets messed up, it'll mess the whole show up, the whole thing. Every joint supply. The Bible says we are all compacted together. Now listen, the booth gets some music ready. We want to pray real quick before we go. Listen, we're barely, we're not even two full weeks yet into a new year. It's a great time to turn over a new leaf and find your purpose. Why has God put you here? Why has he set you in this church? What is it to do? What do you have for me, Lord? I can encourage you anything this morning is to come to this altar. Seek what the Lord has for you. Even if the Lord reveals to you, I only gave you one talent. He still expects fruit. Amen? Amen. Let's all rise to our feet, please. If you feel led to make your way to this altar, please do so. Find your purpose. Find your purpose in the body of Christ. Find your purpose in the kingdom of God and do it with everything you have, with all your heart.